Well, good morning. I want to welcome you. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. A little, uh, little subdued. Uh, I get it. It's wintertime. It's darker earlier. It's harder to get up in the mornings. But uh, we're so excited that you're here uh, this morning. My name's Adam Young. I'm the lead pastor here at Element Church. And um, I want to welcome you not only to church, but our first week of our new Christmas series entitled Perspectives. Um, you know, a lot of things about Christmas will be different this year. Um, the way in which we celebrate, or specifically probably who we get the opportunity to celebrate with. But there are a few things that will remain unchanged. As Monica just mentioned, um, we have already had a tradition of doing an outdoor uh, Christmas Eve service, candles and carols, and, and just excited that we get to continue to do that. Um, but even as we kind of readjust to what maybe a new normal Christmas might look like this year, um, we still have the opportunity to celebrate the reason uh, for the season to begin with as we celebrate the birth of Christ and we do that in a new way in this new series. You know, a lot of times when we think about Christmas, um, we, we think about the birth of Jesus, right? When we think about the birth of Jesus, uh, we think about what it means for us. We think about what it means for the world. You know, a couple years ago, we did a series called What If at Christmas time. Exploring the question, what if Jesus had never been born? And explored not only what does the birth of Jesus mean for us as individuals, but what does the birth of Jesus mean for our world and the history of our world and how our entire world is different because Jesus came almost 2,000 years ago. You know, we sang a, a line from one of those songs that Kyle introduced to us in the beginning. Uh, the, the line was, this Savior in a manger changes everything, which is so true in so many ways. And a lot of times when we think about Christmas, uh, we think about this baby coming, this Savior in a manger, uh, or God in a bod, as Cameron, one of our elders who preaches regularly, likes to say. When we think about this event, we think about what it means for us just personally as individuals. And rightly, we should think of it that way, about what the birth of Jesus means for us and how it expresses God's love for us. One of the more commonly known scriptures, if you've spent much time in church or uh, around the Bible, this will probably be familiar to you, but John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave. God gave. God gave his son. Wrapped in a manger. Delivered on the cross. As we begin to think about the significance of the birth of Jesus this season. We're going to do so in a new way this morning. But before we get to that, I just want to read a portion of the Christmas story with you. And so if you have your phones, I'd encourage you to pull them out, open up the Bible app, and you can follow along with us this morning. And for those who don't have the Bible app on your phone, uh, you can follow along with us on the screen. And I just want to read the Christmas story out of the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to take a moment to reflect on the birth of Jesus in a new way. We're going to begin in the very first verse of Luke chapter 2. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. 
This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. When we think of the birth of Jesus and we think of when we think about it, we, we think about what it means for us because we know what Jesus ultimately did for us on the cross. We know the long-term implications and significance of what Jesus' life was going to mean for us. And so we understand what Jesus' birth means for us through that lens. But have you ever stopped to think what the birth of Jesus means to others? Have you ever stopped to look at the birth of Jesus through another's eyes, from another perspective? In this series, we're going to do just that. We're going to look at the birth of Jesus through another set of eyes, from another perspective. And this morning, we begin with shepherds. The shepherds in the field, keeping watch over their flock that fateful night. Thank you. 
When we look at the birth of Jesus, we look at it from the vantage point of being on this side of the cross, on this side of the resurrection, knowing what Jesus was ultimately going to do and the impact it was going to have on millions, billions of lives in the entire course of human history and our world. But those who experienced the birth of Jesus firsthand on that first Christmas night didn't have the privilege of all that 2,000 years of perspective to know what they were seeing and experiencing and trying to wrap their minds and their heads around the events. I want you to look again with me at Luke chapter 2, just verses uh, 8 and 9. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. You know the most common commandment in all of the Bible? Is do not be afraid. Or fear not. Because when angels would appear, when God would make himself known to people, their most natural reaction was fear just by seeing a glimpse of, just a small portion of the glory of God and assumed that that must mean their life was over. We can only imagine what these shepherds standing out in a field, completely unexpecting anything out of the ordinary to happen this strange night, would have experienced when all of a sudden an angel appears and the glory of the Lord shone around them. That everything around them became visible because of God's glory just emanating off of this angel. But it was more than just shepherds in a field not expecting anything out of the ordinary. Shepherds were the least likely candidates for anything special to happen to. Shepherds were outcasts. They were social misfits. They were poorly paid. And they were considered religiously unclean. There's something called the Babylonian Talmud, which is a set of rabbinical literature that we have from uh, the second and third centuries AD, in which they talk about shepherds and actually refer to them as thieves. Not a particular shepherd because he was caught stealing, just all shepherds. It was just kind of assumed that they were generally bad people. Why else would you devote your life to social, social isolation? And they were considered religiously unclean. They were those that everyone forgot about. They held an important job. Shepherds were important. They, they filled an important role, but people forgot about them. You ever watch the show Dirty Jobs that used to run on the Discovery Channel with Mike Rowe? It's like that. It's like that show that explores all of these jobs that are vital to society. But we just neglect and completely forget those people and the responsibilities exist. We're just glad we don't have to do it. It's such a problem in our age that, that they were able to create a TV show that ran for years exploring all of these forgotten people and undesirable jobs. That was Shepherd's. Why would shepherds ever expect God to do anything with them? Because nobody else cared. And then we see something powerful in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David 
a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. For unto you. When we read this, most of us see that you as universal. Like for all of humanity for the last 2,000 years. And it's appropriate because of what the angel had said just a minute ago. So before the angel said, for unto you a child is born, the angel said this, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The angel declaring that the birth of Jesus is going to be good news for all the people, for everyone. As you look at the entire story of the Bible, you know, in the kids' Bible story video this morning, it it traces Jesus' lineage all the way back to Adam in the garden. And from the very beginning in Genesis, we see God's heart and intentionality was to draw all people to himself. To draw all people into a relationship, to fellowship, into communion with him like we were originally designed to be. But that design was fractured because of rebellion and sin. Jesus began, God began a rescue plan, a plan to rescue us. And 2,000 years ago, there was a name and a face put to that rescue plan. And so, yes, the angels declaring that for all the people, this is good news. But do you think the shepherds thought about that? Do you think that's how the shepherds understood it? Do you think sitting in that field with the angel appearing to them, when the angel looks and says, for unto you a child is born, do you think they were thinking about people who would be sitting in a church, in a school gym 2,000 years later? The angel showed up and made a declaration to people who were least likely to ever expect anything special in their lives and who felt least worthy of God caring about them speaking to them, or reaching out to them. The angel came to declare, for unto you a child is born. We would later come to know as we hear and read and learn about the story of Jesus and what he did on the cross and its implications in our lives that that this child was born to all of us. But the message from that angel to those shepherds that night was to them and them specifically. The angels told them that Christ the Lord had been born for them. The social outcasts, for the neglected, for the forgotten, for those considered unclean, unworthy, unwanted. You know, in church we use a lot of language that the more you spend time in church, the more you get accustomed to it. It just makes sense, and it's normal and natural. But sometimes we don't always do a great job of explaining what we mean when we use certain words. Now here's a great example. The word gospel. That's a word that we use a lot. It's good. It's a biblical word. And when we talk about the gospel, we talk about the life of Jesus. We talk about the birth of Jesus and its significance to our world. We talk about the life of Jesus, the things that he did to show God's compassion and care for everyone. We, 
we think about the things that Jesus taught, how he broke down walls of hostility that divide people on economic, social economic lines, on racial lines, on cultural lines, on political lines. Realizing that Jesus was building a new kind of kingdom that superseded any kind of loyalty that we may have to another. When we talk about the gospel, we mean the death of Jesus on the cross. Like the night before he went to the cross, he told his disciples when he broke bread with them at that final supper, he said, this represents my body which is broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. Here's a cup of wine. This represents my blood which is poured out for you. A new covenant in my blood. A covenant meaning a new way to relate to God. Meaning that God's rescue plan was finally coming to fruition. That we were going to be in relationship with him once again. Like we were originally created and designed to be. When we say gospel, we mean the resurrection of Jesus. That rising from the grave, he defeated sin and death. And he proved that all that he had said, all that he had done, all that he claimed to be was in fact true by his victory over the grave. But do you know where the word gospel comes from? Not just what it all entails, but what it means, but where it comes from. It comes from a Greek word. If you didn't know that your New Testament was written in an ancient form of Greek called Koine Greek. And there's a Greek word, euangelion, that we translate gospel. There's another way to translate euangelion. And it says good news and so another way that you can translate this is the angel says to those shepherds fear not for behold i bring you the gospel of great joy that will be for all the people and this gospel this good news is that jesus was born for you if you feel like a social misfit or outcast, Jesus was born for you. If you feel like sometimes you don't belong, if you feel sometimes like you're unworthy, maybe unworthy of someone else's love or especially of God's love, if you feel forgotten and unwanted, Christ the Lord, the Savior in the manger Jesus Emmanuel God with us was born for you everything changed that night it changed for the whole world but it also changed for those shepherds because they realized they did matter they realize that whatever God is doing, whatever he's at work doing in this world, they were a part of it. They were included. And as they walked away that night, here at the end, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen 
as it had been told them. For the shepherds, they knew that Jesus' coming was going to change a lot. But more than anything, it was going to change their lives. Sometimes we talk about the birth of Jesus from a very distant perspective. I mean, it happened a long time ago. But maybe this Christmas you can stop. You can look with new eyes. Have a fresh and new perspective on the birth of Christ. Because no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what weight you carry and baggage you bring into your life, Jesus was born for you. And he was born to be Christ the Lord, the Lord and Savior of your life. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come here uh, every Sunday, but especially today, and just stop and reflect on the significance, Jesus, of you coming. God, of you sending Jesus for us because of how much you love us. And it's so easy in the craziness of life especially this year, in the busyness of the season, to just assume we already know the Christmas story. We've heard it all before a hundred times. And to just move on to other things. God, I just ask that you would grant us the grace of stillness right now. To think and to reflect on the significance of the birth of Jesus from a new perspective. To celebrate, God, you coming here to rescue us. To bring back what we were designed and created for. As we reflect on and celebrate the fact that no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, Jesus, you were born for us. You were born to be our Lord and our Savior. And as we sing, as we think, as we pray, as we meditate, we do so in honor of you and to celebrate your love for us.